Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Mathias. I wanna welcome you to another episode of Brilliantly Brave Parenting. And I'm sitting across the table from this handsome feller, Robert Peace. Feller? Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's great to have you with us today. Uh, Brad, it's kind of nice to be with you, too. Um, kind of? Yeah. Kind of nice? No, it's good. It's good. You know, I need to be politically correct. Oh, my No, I am excited gosh. to be here. And um, tell us, Brad, I'm looking at something on the table here that you've brought. So did. for those of you that are just joining us, um, Brad has relocated himself to Maine, Um and uh, comes back into town to record these podcasts and brings with him luxury items from the uh, Lux- northern luxury <laughs> northern frontier. Yes, this is a luxury item, and this is this is interesting. I'm not going to say exactly, but it's um, I don't know why this is unique to to Maine. This looks pretty. If you're on YouTube, you can see what this is. I don't know. Well, what the item thinking. in red and the red letters, mm-hmm. cranberries. Those are things that are unique and uh, highly. Uh, popular in the state, so they grow Highly up. Popular. There. They're popular here too. Well, they grow up there. It's okay. like a crop in Maine. Have and, you seen where they grow them? Uh, it's not really yet. Okay. But they're, you know, they grow in water like a bog, so, so they float to the top and stuff. Is it? Do they? Are there people standing out there like the commercials? Yeah. Are they really? I think so. Yeah. I mean, Mainers are pretty get out and get dirty kind of people. Hmm. Like they they wear the big. Boots up to their knees, the rubber boots, and they get out and do stuff all the time. But here's one interesting thing about Maine. Do you know what the abbreviation is for Maine if you were to, like, send a letter? Um, am I? No. No. And no, it's not M-A. No, it's not. Um, W-S? <laughs> I don't know. It's M-E. Oh, okay. And so it's like the hardest one to remember of all the states. Like when you that's true to address a letter, it's me. So <laughs> it does spell me. Uh, now, do they speak English up there? Not really. No, I'm not sure what they speak. It's uh, it's this really strange dialect of Boston English. Mm, you know, yeah, back to car. And then, right. But it's got a lobster vibe to it. So it's more like. The dialect has lobster yeah, vibe? Yeah, I mean, it? it's like the lobster men and the people who live on the coast, they speak really different than the interior people. So, like on the coast where I live, they really talk really strong, like. Boston? Baja. Yeah. Like everything. Yeah. But if you go inland, like an hour to the mountains, they speak almost French because you're right up against French Canadian. Territory. Really? So, like, you're only an hour from Quebec or maybe huh. two hours from Quebec. So, yeah, there's a really interesting current of culture up there that's more than meets the eye, so to speak. That's interesting. I need to, I need to journey up there. You need to educate yourself. Yeah. yeah. And um, honestly, uh, I am learning a lot about myself, about God, and about the people of Maine as I've uh, been working with church planting in that area, and I, and one thing also about Maine is it has very few churches. Yeah, so we have talked about this, and it's um, I think that's yeah, it's fantastic that you feel a call to go up there because like we've talked about, it's you know, living in a po- post Christian era. I mean, you're kind of Maine is already there, right? Yeah, it, the New England states of Vermont, Maine, and New Hampshire all share about a sixty four percent 
atheist worldview. Wow. So 64% of the population don't even believe in God, let alone a Christian God. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, it's the least churched area in the United States. In fact, some mission organizations say that the New England states are, are, have less church influence than third world countries. Wow. So it's a real mission field, definitely. Mm. Well, speaking of mission fields and helping people, we have an old friend on yes. the show today. Yes. I love Jason. Um, he, we've known him for a few years now, and he's actually spoken at our event, and um, we just think the world of him. He uh, is the director of the BAB Center here in Hendersonville, um, Tennessee, and it's um, – it's a counseling center, and so he's he's got all kinds of degrees in psychology, and just he's working on his doctorate, and just all around, just a great guy, and just really easy to relate to. We love him, and so we're glad to have him. So, Jason, welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Hey, thanks, guys. Look forward to spending some time with you. Likewise. Well, I mean, Jason's one of those guys that's smarter than us, Robert. So. <laughs> I That's think, true. I think we need to be careful how we approach some of these questions because um, whenever I get a counselor <laughs> or someone of that type on a podcast, I'm nervous because I'm thinking everything that I'm saying they're analyzing me. Oh, for sure. Like you, you know, know, we're on the couch, and they're making yeah. little notes, and they're going to remember, like you know, and yeah, and, and they're, so. he's going to email us later. You might want to. <laughs> you might not need to work on the shame yeah, issue that you, you got. Uh, so well, be gracious hey, on us. The the, ana- the analysis is actually free. It's just the results that cost. <laughs> So. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's good to know. Well, welcome, Jason. We are really glad. One of the reasons uh, for our audience who don't know you, I mean, you have worked with kids and counseling and family care and lots of different layers of responsibility up until the point where you are really responsible for an entire mm-hmm. clinic, mm-hmm. a sizable clinic in, uh, mm-hmm. in Tennessee. And for those outside of the Nashville area, they've never heard of the Bab Center, which is spelled B-A-B-B. Uh, but it is a it is very well known in our area. Give us just a few paragraphs. Tell us what what that is and what you do there. Yeah, so the Bab Center it, it really is one of the largest counseling practices that operate from a faith based perspective in the country. And uh, it, interesting roots, it started well over 20 years ago because the pastor of a church in town said, um, I'm not going to do this counseling. And he brought on a guy and the guy grew to three or four people. And then it went from there to our own building and it's just grown and grown. And now we're a team of 30. Wow. And uh, just really uh, have favor because uh, the courts refer to us and uh, universities refer to us and inpatient and outpatient hospitals refer to us. It's just a real neat place where we can meet people right where they are um, so that they can experience transformation in their lives that scripture promises. And um, we work with uh, children age three all the way up to, to 93. And hmm. we're just committed to the family and just meeting them right where they are so that they can experience life that God intended. Did you hear that, Robert? Mm-hmm. Up to 93, there's hope for you. <laughs> there is. <laughs> I have about 75 years to go. Oh, yeah, right? right, yeah. Well, as I'm listening to you, Jason, you uh, you spoke at one of our events with Before 13 about a year and a half ago, and I remember how articulate you were. 
But it wasn't just that you had the gift of communication, but you were illustrating some points that were really insightful mm-hmm. for parents, especially around the issues of identity uh, and how that affects mm-hmm. our kids um, and technology. And I think uh, after just reading a couple of your bio uh, statements, you've gone further with that and you've developed an online presence. Tell us about that. What are you up to with, with technology? Yeah, so I actually just launched uh, a website called parentingandtechnology.com because what I've learned, so in the old days of counseling, we would always say finances is a part of every session in some way, shape, or form. Well, though that's true, now technology is a part of every session in some way, shape, or form. Hmm. And I, I believe it or not, I actually tried to get away from talking about technology and parenting because I'm like, oh, there's all these other things to talk about. And I just get keep, I, it just keeps pulling me back over and over and over. And you bringing up identity, like that's critical. If you think about it, like if you added up all the time as a parent in a day that you spend talking to your children, it's probably less than an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, you get them out of the, you know, out of bed and get them to school, and then you pick them up later that afternoon, or you get them home. But if you added up all the snippets of the little conversation, maybe an hour, maybe two hours. Well, if you look at the amount of time that children and teenagers spend on technology, it's way past that. Mm-hmm. So. As parents, we're to help teach and shape and show and help them discover who they are. But technology gets a lot more uh, playtime in their head, yeah. in their heart. So I've just I've seen just how technology has ravaged and wrecked families. And I thought, you know what? It's time for us to just dive in, not step in, but dive in and give parents the tools so that they can use technology to make their lives better instead of allowing technology to make their lives worse. I think that's an important distinction, Jason. I love your approach here because so much, so many times as parents, we are terrified of what technology represents. Exactly. And so we run from it or we try to just restrict it and we just try to like be the, you know, just go on defense. And one of the things that I've read recently about your approach is that you want to help parents learn how to use it. And I think that's a really innovative and fresh approach because honestly, I I can tell you from my own experience and people that we talk to, um, the the big thing is like how can you restrict how can you find out if they're using it how can you and of course you know there needs to be measures in place to to do things that are appropriate or our kids to do things that are appropriate but talk to us a little bit about your vision for getting into this with families and helping them understand how to use media and then maybe walk us through a couple of the things that you would suggest Oh, absolutely. You know, so whenever I have the opportunity to speak at events and talk to parents about this, I always show this video and I would encourage your parents to Google this or look it up on YouTube. Just Google frog using iPhone. And uh, if you Google that video frog using iPhone, you're going to see this bullfrog uh, actually use an iPhone to play a game that's on there. So I tell people, I show the video and I say, look, if a frog can do it, you can do it too. <laughs> and uh, just try to see just, Brad, there's you know, hope for you. Oh, it. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I can go that far. But, uh, <laughs> That's true. Kidding, Brad. Kidding. <laughs> oh, um, I totally deserve but, it. Yeah. <laughs> but I start there because what we find is parents think, I don't understand this. I don't understand servers and filters and 
all these big terms that people use. And, and as a parent, you don't have to understand it. You've just got to be there and you've just got to be aware. Mm-hmm. And that's just really those two things. Be there and be aware. Because what, what you'll find is just being there and aware, things will come your way. And it's really not this huge, you've got to dig deep into the dark, you know, shelves of the internet, which, you know, there may be a time that you need to have somebody help you do that. But it's really just about being there and being aware. And I, I, I was talking to some kids once and I said, hey, I'm about to talk to a large group of parents tomorrow about technology. Um, what do you want me to tell them about technology? And just got lots of different um uh, responses from them. But one of the key things that they said is we want you to tell our parents that technology is not bad. Hmm. And you know what? Like I have to agree with them because see, technology is not good and it's not bad. Right. Technology is just an instrument. It is, if you think about it like a megaphone, it just allows things to flow through it. And that's what technology is. Now, what you choose to put through it and what you choose to do with it is what determines if the technology is good or bad. Um, We have the opportunity because our practice has grown so much that we provide counseling to missionaries and to pastors and to just uh, people all around the world. And we leverage technology. That's a great use of technology. Mm -hmm. Now, technology can also be used poorly if if a child is or a teenager is bullying somebody else, right? You know, it's not the technology's fault. It's right. the people that are around. Same medium. Doing, it's just the use. It. That's right. That's right. Uh, I would say that you know, years ago, parents were griping about the telephone and how the telephone was bad. Right. It's just we continue to advance, but the thing is, we advance much, much, much faster now. Right. So we have to move forward. But here's here's a great example of how you know how we use it in a real and a healthy way to to teach so there's a there's a hilarious video or or it's funny but it's really interesting it's called the moonwalking bear so just google moonwalking bear and you'll see this video pop up and what it does is it asks you to count the number of passes that the team wearing the white shirts uh they make so then all these people start scurrying around and then you're supposed to count it. Well, at the end of the video, it says, well, it was 13. Did you get it right? And then it asks you this pointed question. And it says, but did you see the moonwalking bear? And in the middle of this video, with the people running around passing the ball, and you're counting how many passes, this guy in a bear costume goes right in the middle, turns around, and moonwalks right out of that. And you don't see it. So what I would do is I, I sat down with my teenagers and I said, hey, watch this. This is hilarious. And then they watched it and then it said, did you see the moonwalking bear? And of course, my kids did not see it. So what I did was we watched it and we laughed about it. And then I asked them this question. I said, if you watch this video again, would you see the bear? And they said, yeah, of course. And I'm like, what if you watch the video again in a year? Would you see the bear? And they said, yes, we would see the bear. And I asked them why. And they said, well, because we've already seen it. And now that we have seen it, we cannot unsee it. Hmm. And I'm like, absolutely, that's so true. And now here with one child, I took the conversation one way and another, I went a different way. But with my oldest, I said, you know, as you're a teenager in high school now, I've been through high school. And there's things that I see because I've been there that you don't see because you haven't. So when I tell you yes or I tell you no, 
It's because there's something that you haven't seen yet, and that's why I'm making the decision. And I'll talk about it with you, but probably not in the moment. So if I ever say to you, hey, I see a moonwalking bear, what that means is I see something, we'll talk about it later, just not right now. Hmm. And what that did was it was a creative moment. Yeah. She was cracking up about the video, and then it, it gave us a conversation starter and now we've got a language because with one of my children, if I say moonwalking bear, they know that that means there's something I see that they haven't seen yet. Now, with one of my, my other teenager, I talked about the moonwalking bear and I, I really honed in on that point that once you've seen something, you cannot unsee it. And we were talking about content on the Internet, that there's going to be some things that I'm going to ask you to not look at. Because you cannot unsee it. Your shoulders aren't strong enough yet to carry that. I'll give you a great example. Right now around the world, we're having serious, serious acts of violence. And what these uh, just just unbelievable evil people are doing is they're actually pushing it out on social media while they're carrying out these acts of violence. (laughs) Well, what does a curious kid want to do? They want to know. Right. It doesn't mean that your child is evil. It just means that they're curious. Mm-hmm. So instead of hoping that your kid doesn't look at that, I would show the video and say, there's things that you cannot unsee. And I want you to know that this is being put out there because they already know it's out there. I mean, you're just admitting the obvious. And I would say it's like the moonwalking bear. You cannot unsee it. And this is some stuff that I do not want you to have to struggle with when you're laying down at night or when you're sleeping, or when you're thinking all by yourself. Hmm. So that's that's just one example of a way that you can leverage technology in just a real, real special way to capture their heart and their attention in such a way that they're going to remember it. Because you're 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 speaking their language at that point. I mean, that's one of the things, and I'm glad you brought the illustration of the phone because I'm sure that a generation before was like, well, that's not real communication if they're talking on the phone. That's not face to face. That's not you know. But it became it became our method. It became our language of speaking. And so now, when I look at my daughters or um, stepsons that are texting, I'm like, that's not real communication. And I think about how what they must have said about people when the phone first came out. And so whether you, it's your native tongue, it is their native tongue, whether it's yours or not. And so I'm glad that you made that distinction because it's, it's really important to know that regardless, the cat's out of the bag, that is their language of choice. Media, technology, that is the way they communicate and connect with the world. And so we have to jump into that space rather than expecting them to run away from that space. That's, sorry, it's already there, right? And uh, this right, walking bear right. thing, I can't wait to go and see that. I, that is such a brilliant well, and simple yeah, illustration. Yeah, and, and it's so like Jason, because, I mean, that's exactly. how he communicates. But smarter than us. What, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's why he's here. Um, I, Jason, I love the fact that, you know, the Christian family in particular often will— I, I can remember these long lessons my dad would give me, you know, reciting Scripture. And mm-hmm. it was not helpful in general. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't— I didn't adjust my lifestyle or beliefs based on these long conversations he would have. And I like the fact that you used a real-life, real-time illustration uh, of a bear that's moonwalking to illustrate a Christian principle mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what your eye sees and how it affects you. Um, that's right. And you haven't dumbed it down. You didn't water down the truth of that, that 
teaching, if you will, from Scripture, but you found a way to illustrate the point that would hold their attention and they could remember it. And uh, That's right. That's I applaud right. you for that because that that really is an important resource for a parent to consider is what what an opportunity technology gives us to illustrate the biblical truths that we want them to live with. That's cool. And you know the other thing it gives you is a, a common language. Right. Right? Because you know, with my children, you know, I'll quote First Corinthians ten thirteen, which is a powerful scripture about temptation. And as we've talked about it, maybe I see something about the moonwalking bear. Well, if we're in a public setting and like they need to know I see something, and at that moment, like I can't launch into a sermon. Right. Yeah, it's not I can time say, for a Hey, parable. I see a bear. Yeah. That's right. So I say, Hey, I see a bear, and my kids get it instantly at that moment. How cool is that? I know. The moonwalking. I think we need T-shirts or something. I know. I, it's it's brilliant. <laughs> it's so brilliant. So one of the other things that you know um, that I that I think is really cool about just your your I think I don't know what you called it, but it's it's their language. It's their the way they relate. Is um, don't be afraid to jump into their social media or technology space to communicate with them. You know, I um, you we used to leave uh, notes in lunch boxes or whatever. You know, that used to be kind of that's the way you would communicate. But now a quick text or whatever, being deliberate, I mean, it, it does mean more than it means to us because to us, it's not our native tongue or whatever. And so I'm sure there are, are thoughts like that that you have, Jason, about how we can continue to connect with our kids using technology um, where my instinct is to typically run from it. Like I know the Snapchat thing is debatable, whether you should get your, what age you should allow them to do this or whatever. My, I'm a grandfather now. My daughter just had a baby and I I just started following her on Snapchat literally like a week ago. And it's crazy how much more interaction I have with her now because I'm actually using that app. And before I was like, ah, oh, that's just so stupid. And, you know, it's dangerous and all these things. And those things are true. I mean, there are some dark sides to it. But like you said, we need to learn to use technology to to bring light and to, to do positive things because it is just a megaphone. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the way that I think about it is technology is the key that unlocks the door. And uh, I definitely use technology to, to connect with my children, but I, I really use it as conversation springboarders. So, so like yeah. with, um, I call it the four haze, right? Because what we find out most of the time as parents, our conversation is this, Hey, what's this? I just found this or, Hey, what's this? Somebody just sent this to me. And it's that you're in trouble phase. And, and that that's the conversation that most people have. And I ask, actually encourage all of us as parents to have three other conversations before you ever get pushed into the, hey, hey you're in trouble. Um, the first one is, hey, watch this. That's like the moonwalking bear. Hey, watch this with me. Or you see a really funny video and you're like, hey, watch this. So it doesn't always have to be a huge lesson, but it is a connection time. Mm. So maybe it's something that's funny. So if you show them something that's funny, and as a dad, one of my greatest gifts is the opportunity for my kids to laugh at me uh, because <laughs> I'll be like, hey, watch this. This is funny. And then my kid, girls will say, uh, maybe funny 20 years ago. <laughs> right, and I'm exactly. like, well, it still counts. Yeah. But do you know what it does is when I show them things that I think is funny, then they learn more about me. Mm. But then they reciprocate because right. then they show me things that they think is funny. Yeah. And truthfully, like there's been a couple of conversations where they would they would say, hey, watch this. This is hilarious. And they show it to me. 
And it's not funny at all. <laughs> but what this does is whatever they like and they think is funny and they will give me the gift of sharing it with me. Now I know where their thinking is going. It's a glimpse now into their mind and as, heart. That's, that's right. That instead of me having to pry it out of them, they are choosing to share and show me. Mm, so, that's so good. when they showed me a video, I was like, that's not funny at all. Like instead of pouncing right to that's not funny, I would say, now that's interesting. What's funny about it? Hmm. And then I keep it open. And then now they're teaching me about them. So the technology was the key to open the door. Then I said, okay, what's funny about this? And then they start explaining it. And then I say, well, what about from, from that person's point of view? Do they, do you think they think it's funny? Hmm. And they're like, well, if it was me, it would hurt my feelings. And I'm like, oh yeah, it would hurt your feelings. Wouldn't it? So, and that thing as a parent, you know, and you want to jump in and fix it when really our job is like open the door so they'll share it and then ask convert, ask great questions that'll lead them down to the place of discovery so that it teaches them. And this is a real important process. We want to teach, especially as they're moving into teenage years, we want to teach them how to thoughtfully dissect their media so that they have practiced that before you're there to tell them no. Hmm. And give them that opportunity because that's a skill. And that all that starts with is, hey, watch this. Hmm. And then they flip it. They say, hey, dad, hey, mom, watch this. And now you guys are learning each other. And then you go from that to, hey, show me this. I'll give you a great example. My wife, um, she likes to send me lots of text messages. And um, sometimes in the high volumes of text messages, like she might – like send me a grocery list or she might take a picture of something to pick up from the store and then it gets buried. So I have to like scroll, 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 right. scroll, scroll. To find it. So I was doing that and my oldest daughter said, Hey dad, let me show you how to go straight to the pictures that are in your text messages. And <laughs> so she tapped a button and boom, they're all right there. Yeah. So I learned that she knows some things that I can really benefit from, but let me flip it. What if you said to your kid, Hey, I was looking for a website that I was on last week and I can't find it. Can you show me how to go to that website I was on? Hmm. And if your kid can show you, do you know what that means? Your kid knows what to do. That means your child knows how to go into the history and to navigate around the internet search history. Hmm. And if they know that, then they probably know how to delete their search history. Right. It doesn't mean that they're in trouble. It doesn't mean that they're doing something wrong. It's just... If you say, hey, show me this, and you ask them targeted questions, you're going to know what they know, and that allows you to be aware of what you need to be able to follow up on. Hmm. So, That's if, so if you ask your kid, hey, can you show me how to find this website, and they've got no clue, well, they probably don't know how to delete their history. So, right. just put that on the shelf for a little while. But if they know clearly, then that just gives you another insight area that you have to make sure you check on. Yeah. I, I like this because it, it gives parents ways to uh, engage with their kids, and it's not just about correction. It's not just That's discipline. Right. Exactly. It's not just In a fact, it's three feedback. to one, right? Right. So as I'm thinking about that, I know for many parents, the area of technology scares them. And when we get scared, we get sort of controlling. Um, you know, mm. there's, a, there's this sort of overreaction when we're really scared. Mm. Um, what advice do you have to a parent who finds themselves? Can I stop you there for just one second, Brad? Well, I already did, but I guess let me so. just. Yes. Was there another hey? See? Oh yeah, there's actually one more. One more. Hey. Yeah, let me. And yeah, give us the fourth this, hey the, for Robert. 
Yeah, yeah. This next one is, hey, let's do this. Hmm. Okay. And, and I'll explain it. It's just super simple. So my son likes to play NBA 2K on the PlayStation. Well, I played a little bit of that back in the day. So I kind of had some skills and he was five. So I could beat him. <laughs> so I would beat him. And then, you know, coming to the third quarter, he's like, I want to quit. I don't want to play this. And I would do the dad thing. Hey, we always finish what we start even when it's hard. So two weeks later, we're playing NBA 2K, and then he just is wiping me up and down the court. So in my mind, I'm thinking, I want to quit this, but I can't because I just gave him a speech last week about quitting. (laughs) So I say that to be funny, but what you find is, you know, and I don't really enjoy video games, but I love being with my kid. So instead Mm -hmm. of me forcing him into my world, I need to meet him in his world. And if I'll do that, then he'll learn all kinds of lessons. Like I had a really valuable lesson about quitting. And then one of the times he was beating me horrible. And he said, dad, it's really okay if you want to quit. (laughs) And he was giving me permission. And I said, no, 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 no. We always finish what we start. So that was a huge lesson that I got to teach them. And it was all using technology. Hmm. I'm not saying allow technology to run your life because technology needs to be a small piece of it. But when it is that small piece, leverage it so that you can use it to shape the hearts of your kids because there's some great ways to do it. That's great. Sorry to interrupt you, Brad. No, no, I'm I'm glad to get the fourth one. Can you give us a quick, just what are the four Hays? So that, that, Parents yeah, yeah. listening right now, so, what are those for? Yeah, yeah. So, hey, watch this. It's where you just share funny or interesting videos. Uh, hey, show me this. And that's where you ask them to show you how to do stuff on technology. And, like, you really don't have to pretend. Like, you really need them to show you. <laughs> exactly. You all kinds of things. Uh, the third one is, hey, let's do this. So, that's where you're doing tech stuff together. And you're just enjoying each other's company. And then the fourth one is, hey, what's this? And that's when the kids are getting in trouble. Okay. So if if you're only but it's saying a three hey, to what's one this, positive, trouble, yeah, that's I that's so. So helpful. do you do those four all at once in one setting, or are you breaking those up over multiple <laughs> conversations? <laughs> that is, yeah, that's your technology <laughs> language right there. Okay. That's just part of it. I would say pick one a day. Okay. Just do one a day. That's and good. And Brad because was asking, like, anytime, you know, oh, go ahead, Jason. I was just going to say, if if every time you ask about technology, it's about them getting in trouble, then they're going to hide and go underground. They're shut down, yeah. So you want to change that culture. Right. And one, one of the things in closing, Brad, that you were asking, Jason, I think had to do with the fear uh, uh, that we experience as parents, right, of, of technology. Mm-hmm. When we talk about technology, we usually have fear associated with it. What would you... Is that what you were saying, Brad? Actually, I was. I, I'm thinking of a particular situation. I've had several parents reach out to me as a pastor, um, where they're not sure what are healthy boundaries for them with teenagers in the areas of of abusing those freedoms that come, um, where they're texting inappropriate things to other friends. They have like these second Instagram accounts, not just the public one they have this sort of private instagram or uh whatever platform they're using there's some deception happening and the parent is afraid what advice do you have for a parent who's trying to figure out what's a healthy balance for that 
Good question. Yeah, yeah. You know, a couple of things come to a few things come to mind. Uh, the first one is this: whenever I'm working with a family and a kid has made some really bad choices, and and I think this is important that parents understand. And, and I'm not trying to stoke the fire of fear. It's just reality that um, that technology choices are now a legal issue, right? That um, I'm grateful that I grew up in the age before internet and Wi-Fi because um, if if I was going to do something wrong, like I had to really work to go do something wrong, right? You had to go somewhere or, you know, I mean, it's just you had to work at it. Where now, like doing something wrong, like comes to you. It comes to your fingertips, you know, where people ask you to do something wrong, like it, in the you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, if somebody said, hey, send me an inappropriate picture. Well, I'd have to find the camera. I'd have to insert the film, wind it up, take the picture, go to the photo lab, you know, send it off. And and it's just the distance between an inappropriate request and the ability to say yes or no is now instantaneous. So, but what I really, where I try to encourage parents is when they come to us because their kids have made some really tough choices, I say this, praise God that they made this choice underneath your roof because yeah. now you have the opportunity, you have the opportunity to teach them on how to repent and repair and restore. Mm-hmm. And that's like a lot of words, but basically it's to say, I'm sorry, to really understand the depth of what happened to fix or try to fix as much as possible um, what happened, you know, a result of it, to work to make it right, go from words of I'm sorry to work, to choose to make this correct and fix Mm -hmm. it, Uh, and then to restore, which means to pursue those relationships that were injured because of the choice. And I say to parents, it's great. It's, you know, we don't want this for anybody, but I'm glad it happened under your roof because now you can walk them through that process because when they're 25 and they're living on their own, if that's the first time, mm-hmm. they're not going to have their skills. Right. And this is the time. So I, I really try to reframe it in a more realistic view, which is this is a great opportunity. If you want your kids to make mistakes, they need to make them under you and under your roof so then you can help guide them and they can learn the process so that when they're older, they know what to do when they mess up. Yeah. So that's helpful. And I, you know, I think there's a probably a thousand issues that could be brought up in a conversation with you. You have such a, a depth of experience in and um, really training uh, to help parents. How could a parent get a hold of you if they've got a situation they need some help? What can they do uh, about getting help? Yeah, you know, two places. Um, babcenter.org um, if they just go on the website we've got a blog there uh, it's actually called resources but there is a ton there's just a wealth of information if you click on resources you can go through there and it's just across the board it's, it's not just technology it's I mean just whatever you are looking for it's something there because our vision is that we will be available 24 7 365 in a way that we can do that is digitally um, but if you really want to hone in on parenting and technology, if you just, it's super simple. It's parentingandtechnology.com. And uh, just starting to upload just a ton of resources there that is, it's in its infancy, but there's just some really great things that you can get. Just read some ideas to implement, um, some things that you can pull together so that you can 
really it boils down to this, so that technology can make your life better and not worse. And that's really our commitment. Hmm. That's so great, Jason. Thank you um, so much for every time we get a chance to talk to you, I come away mm-hmm. with something new. And so uh, this is not unlike any of those times. I, I really appreciate your wisdom and and your just your authenticity and your passion for going after helping families. And uh, I'm grateful that you would, would spend a little time sharing with us and our listeners. And uh, we look forward to the next time we can talk with you. So thank you for being here. Thanks, Jason. Absolutely. Talk you to bet. you soon. You know, Robert, every parent, every pastor is looking for resources that are new and insightful for their kids. So true. So so where do we go? Well, with the advent of iShineLive.com, we have a web store. And in that web store, we've got resources. Like what? We've got resources like Bibles. We've got devotionals. We even have journals for kids. Do you have music? We do have music. And video? Absolutely. Wow. And everything's been designed for the preteen and tween in your life. Who needs Amazon? iShineLive.com. Check it out. All right. Well, Robert, as I'm struggling to uh, undo the... Struggling with technology? Yeah, as I'm struggling with technology here, I I really, I kind of just want to go sit in a room with him right. for a couple days. I know. Uh, it, it's You can tell that the knowledge he has is more than like clinical. Mm-hmm. Like no, it's super practical. Very practical and so insightful. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I wish I'd known about the I know the moonwalking bear. Yeah, I mean, the heck, what a, <laughs> what a great way to illustrate these points without you know Bible thumping. Yeah, you know this is a this is actually taking scripture and applying it in a way that our kids can grasp. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm sure our listeners out there um, got as much from it as we did. There's so, you know, there, it came out so quick, but I, if you get a chance, go back and listen to it and take some notes because there's some very practical things that you can do to implement in your home today that will help you not be so afraid of technology, but in fact, harness it and use it as a way to to guide your kids. So um, speaking of technology, we're grateful that you spent time with us and, um, if you think about it, would you mind subscribing to our podcast and leaving us a comment? It really helps us a tremendous deal. It means a lot that you guys uh, choose to give up your time to, to be with us. So we appreciate you being here. And any uh, closing thoughts? Yeah, I just want to make sure people know we've expanded our our uh, show notes uh, to include a lot more uh, resources and mm, links. Point. And uh, thebabcenter.com is definitely a place we're going to have on our website. If you're looking for uh, helpful advice that is trusted – and things that you cannot be afraid of, I would highly recommend Jason Gibson and his operation up there. Couldn't agree more. Thank you guys for being here with us. We'll see you again next week. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week.
Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans, they have delicious coffees, and they, they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans, they ship their coffee anywhere in the world, so you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome. We are excited to announce the Storms of Life study, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. It's a great subtitle, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we know that students are stressed. And for parents and pastors, it's important to know what are the top three things that are really on the minds of our kids. So Brad, walk us through what they can expect from the Storms of Life. This is an eight-week study. It has uh, video insights. It has uh, presentations from a actual youth retreat with junior high and high school students. These kids are going to learn about how their faith can help them fight back the stress that they're living with every day at school. Check it out on iShineLive.com.